You're listening to the Catholic Psyche Podcast. The Catholic Psyche Podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not intended to take the place of medical or mental health treatment, therapy, or diagnosis. You should always consult a trained mental health or medical professional for such treatment. Welcome to the Catholic Psyche Podcast. This is Sarah. This is Chris. Deacon Basil. And today we are talking about... Computer, uh, computer issues. Yeah, how's the it volume on that? Thing. It looks good. Right, yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? How to survive the holidays. Dun, 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 dun. You know, one of the things that I, I mean, we're recording this the first week of November, and I don't know what your guys' experience is, well, Chris's experience, but like, always the first week of November, I always talk with everyone I possibly can in therapy about like, okay, how are you going to get through the holidays? Yeah. Because... I think sometimes, I mean, looking at the calendar now, boom, it's going to be, it's going to be Thanksgiving. It's going to be Christmas. It's going to be New Year's. And these times can be very good, very life-giving, but they can also be really hard for a lot of people. And even people who are, you know, in good shape and, and, and everything will be okay. It's still hard sometimes. Totally. I think that's very prudent. Um, It's, they're stressful. American, the American experience of family holidays is intrinsically stressful. And if it's not, you've got a good thing going that you need to like hold on to. I think the normative experience is that this, the next two months is going to be a roller coaster ride that I have to get through. Yeah, absolutely. And it does not look like a Hallmark movie ever. Well, I think, I think that's actually a really good point. I mean, what I say is, Look, if it were only three days, if it was only Thanksgiving, if it was only Christmas, and if it was only New Year's, mm-hmm. that would be endurable. Be a, uh, yeah. You know, it would be easy. But it's all of the accoutrement around, um, around the holidays. Yeah. It's that, um, it's that tenth holiday party that you have to go to mm-hmm. with the friends, <laughs> and then you've got to go and do a, a company party, uh, and you've got to go do all of the ugly you know, sweater party, and uh, then there's the Christmas photo session and stop fighting with your siblings. Sit still, smile. It's everything. Yeah. Well, I just usually fight through the holidays. I find it, it relaxes me. <laughs> yeah, Actually, I just yeah. your knuckles to punch people. Well. Well, and you know, I'm it's kidding. like you have to balance work with that. You know, if it would be one thing if we were medieval peasants and got like you know like a hundred holiday days off holidays off a year. You know, but no, it's like you got to work and then you got to take time right. off and you got to travel. And you got to be around people that you uh, you have a contingent connection with, not a not a willful connection with. It's tough. So I think the next I think in this episode, which we're going to try to keep a little shorter uh, and to the point, we're going to give the listeners some uh, some tips, some ideas, maybe from a therapeutic perspective, from our own experience with our clients, and from the research. We're going to help you guys uh, get through the next two months. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the one thing that always sticks out for me, I think the one thing that always sticks out for me is that um, the holidays are so difficult because of all of the cultural, the cultural milieu that we're around. You know, this, this sort of, there's this attitude, I think Sarah, you said it earlier that it's a Hallmark movie, you know, where, where it's like, you know, 
Christmas has to be a day, it has to be a white Christmas. You know, if you don't wake up and it's not white, then it's not really Christmas. It's just, it's a wash that year, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, the the turkey has to be just perfect and it has to be this very formal looking setting instead of, you know, um, I don't know, paper Paper plates if you have to, right? (laughs) Um, You know, that that there's, there's reasons for that, which, you know, might be easier, but the, we have this idea that everything has to be perfect and everything has to be just the way. It has to be just so. Just so. Let me tell you something I appreciate about uh, the millennial generation. Like I was reading, you know, there's the, there's this like um, there's this like trope where you know um, journals or papers will put out articles with a headline that says like millennials are killing the X industry. And you fill in X, and there's, like, so many industries that millennials haven't invested in to the degree that, like, Gen Xers and baby boomers in particular have invested in. Like, like cruise ships are kind of suffering now because millennials don't go on cruises. But one of the funniest ones is napkins. Yes, I've <laughs> like, seen this. Nap- the napkin industry is, has been hit hard in recent years because millennials <laughs> use paper towels. And I really appreciate that uh, the millennial generation, having been through the economic recession of like, you know, the mid 2000s, has emerged out of that with a certain, like a certain healthy irreverence for materialistic tradition. Mm-hmm. I use cloth napkins. You know, like my I'm wife easier. and I wanted to do this like DIY thing for our wedding reception and we didn't do it to appease certain voices, but like, I don't know, you know, the part of the holiday expectation is built around this, um, yeah, this, these contingent traditions in in our culture that rely on uh, displays of maybe displays of material success. Right. You don't need that. Absolutely. But on the other hand, I want to temper that. I was talking with a friend today, and his family goes so far in the other direction that they were like, you want to just grow up for, like, Chinese food on Thanksgiving? And it's like, well, there's something nice to getting together and, like, having a dinner and, like, maybe making it potluck style. So I think sometimes, like, our culture swings in extremes. Would you guys agree with that? Wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So some people might have swung from, like, the perfect Hallmark card to, like, the uh, let's just, like, like, screw it. Let's just go out for cheap Chinese food. And nothing against cheap Chinese food, but... You know, maybe you can find some middle ground. Chick Fil A. <laughs> I, no I way. really don't. Chick Fil A is gonna be open on Christmas Day. That's why you get it the day before. You, just, you want day ref- old Chick Fil A? Soggy Chick Fil A price. Well, I think I think so. That anticipation of how life should be. Mm-hmm. I think that for me has been personally but also professionally one of the big problems with the holidays life is this way it should be or it should be this way life should be yeah yeah the shoulds um i expect life to be this way and i think you know there's a fine line between tradition and um being being chained by tradition yeah sure yeah and and you know I, i i think what we have to do is say look why are we doing these things? Mm-hmm. Do we have cloth napkins just because we have cloth napkins? Or do we have cloth napkins because there's like an actual meaning behind this? Maybe they're grandma's cloth napkins and you only take them out on Christmas or whatever else, right? But but th- there needs to be a questioning as to why we're doing these yeah. things. 
Yeah. You know, for example, I don't know, Chris, if this was your experience um, growing up, but you know, growing up in a Polish family, like oh. Christmas Eve was like this massive meal, um, <laughs> and and it was, but there was a reason for it. Everything has like symbolic purpose. Symbol- like you yeah. sit an extra place at the table for like the wayfaring stranger, and you have like hay under the tablecloth, and right. a certain number of courses, and yeah, it's. It's very, those are very beautiful traditions, you know, so you exchange, like, um, the Apuatec wafer. Did you right. That? Yep, absolutely. And the reason why you do that is those are traditions that everybody has agreed on have significance. Yeah. Yeah, those are great. Um, what does this mean? If you're not Polish, can you please translate? Um, well, the, the best way is just to spend uh, one of your holidays with, with my family. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there, ladies and gentlemen, that's the invitation for you right there. You know, it's just so show up at Christmas. I was just it. talking about this with a friend. Um, so growing up, we didn't. I'm first-generation American. Um, I promised I wouldn't self-disclose on the podcast, but cat's out of the bag now. Uh, and my, we'd always have this hybrid Thanksgiving with, like, 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 sort of like what my parents thought like traditional American food was like, right. but also like we'd have pierogies and like Polish food every Thanksgiving. And the other thing I liked is so Thanksgiving is a time, as far as I understand, when American families see their extended family. Correct. Pretty it, much. Typically, I I usually say it's uh it's uh round one of Christmas, but um yeah, yeah so you know, you, but it, like it, gram, grandma and grandpa might be there, and yeah, an aunt and an uncle. Yeah. So I don't have any uh, family in, in this country except for my parents and my sister, and so um we'd have to find some other way, and so it would often be family friends, and then as I got older, my parents started to do this really awesome and admirable thing where they they knew uh, for example they knew a professor at the University of um. Rochester, cats out of the bag now. Oh, you were you were falling apart tonight with your no disclosure. No disclosures, and uh, and and they and they, you know, every year there'd be like foreign exchange students from like Peru and other parts of the world, and they would, they, you know, these students would be sitting there alone on a cold night on, on Thanksgiving and uh, in their dorm rooms, and my parents would just invite like swaths of these exchange students over for Thanksgiving dinner, and it was like this beautiful welcoming communal thing and uh, i just loved it i mean it's like what i was talking with this friend earlier like we should do that this year we should open our doors on thanksgiving you know i'm not saying like you know go over to samaritan house and be like no you guys got to come over here instead i'm just saying you know find one or two people who have nowhere to be bring them in there's a tradition worth keeping absolutely mm-hmm. and i think part of that though is to look for traditions that have that sort of meaning I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure having all of the exchange students was meaningful for you. Oh, I loved it, um, and even is still today. Obviously, no, I just made me super proud so, of my family. Yeah, and so it's it's much more important to you than uh, watching the football game. See, like I don't even know what that is. Right. <laughs> I did not grow up with that. It's fine. I, it's I, fine. I literally, if I hadn't have read a couple of blog articles about what we were going to talk about today, I would have no, no it's idea. Going to alienate football all of our um, all of our football. Why is games. there a football game? Like, I just want to eat the pie. Why did you take the pie away to go watch the football game? You know, a tradition I've seen recede slightly in the last like three four years is the um, immediately after dinner go wait in line at Target tradition. Like, like Black Friday has sort of like been on the uh, on the uh, militaristic advance to take more and more territory, and it managed to claim midnight. It managed to claim eleven p.m. But I think once Black Friday's uh, advance started to encroach upon dinner time, Thursday dinner time, I think that the culture sort of fought back. It's like whoa, yeah. whoa, food. And now, like last few years, I've seen less of that crazy like Black Friday stuff. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, my Black Friday traditions about 10 o'clock in the morning is always to go on YouTube and look at the crazy stuff that has happened like yeah, the yeah. night before across the country, oh, which is God, a terribly, terrible, terrible thing to do, but it's what I do. Um, it's because you're a terrible person. Well, this is Fine. true. Well, we all have a dark... We all have the, the shadow, yeah, the Jungian shadow, right. yeah. But I think, I think the thing that I'm trying to get at here with all of this is look for those traditions in your life that have significance. Yeah, that's right. And if things don't have significance, you don't have to do them. You don't have to go and make a perfect wreath no. for your door if it is completely meaningless to you. You don't have to hang up a bunch of Christmas lights outside of your house if they don't have any significance to you. You don't even have to put a Christmas tree up mm. if it doesn't have significance to you. And that's okay. It's okay to do things that don't mean anything to you. Let's also consider the fact that tradition itself is this organic... It's like a, a, there's a, traditions develop and change over time, mm -hmm. and uh, it's funny because that's not how the term is understood. It's understood as like a static, like uh, this is the way we've always done things. We will keep doing them. This like way. this deontological, like like you're ordained by God to like you must have the perfect wreath. It's the tradition, capital T. But like no tradition. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Christmas probably exactly. looked a little different for you know Saint John Chrysostom than it does for us today. And I don't think Saint, Saint Gregory, actually, this is great. His his homily that was recorded on the feast of Christmas, right? So for about um, fifteen hundred years, it was always read on Christmas in every Eastern church in the wow. entire world. It explicitly says, "Do not hang this ridiculous greenery around your oh. around your houses." Um, That's funny. Yeah, right. I mean, a lot of that stuff is more modern. Like this kind of Charles Dickens Christmas comes from Absolutely. comes from post Enlightenment Great Britain, right? As far as I understand the history of it. Well, even even mm -hmm. mid to late uh, industrialization. Yeah, which is like in um, the scope of human history, that's pretty recent. Right. Yeah, but I think I think what's what's interesting about that is that okay, find the tradition that's of, of importance to you, maintain those. But I also don't think you have to be a jerk if like. If grandma really wants to sing some Christmas carol oh. before dinner, Please, and yeah, because that's what she did growing up, go sing it with a smile on your face and get through it. Be thankful that you can spend Christmas with grandma. Right. Yeah. And yet, also go into it eyes wide open. Sure. Is if that... you don't want to sing the Christmas carol with your family, that's fine. And let's also talk about, you know, um, the pressure. If any of our listeners are uh, young... Catholics, uh, I'm sure we have demographic data from our sound. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, you know, newly married. Let's talk about the the pressure that some some people might feel to spend the holidays with you know this side of the family or that side of the family. Um, my wife and I are deciding to spend this year together here, apart from both of our families of origin, because this is like our new tradition that we have, and like. No matter where you go, you're gonna feel bad. You're not with the other people, and there's you know this always like this buying for your for your time between between the in laws, um, and that is also a, a valid option that's on the table for people. Like you know you 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 aren't beholden to how you've done things in the past. You're able to set new traditions for your family. I think that's a really keen insight because you know for example, being married with kids, you know will do sort of a mixture. But my in laws are wonderful about this. They'll yeah. say. We'll celebrate the next day, oh, you know. So, for example, good. we might not even have a full Thanksgiving dinner with them, but it's like you know maybe we go have a piece of pie with them oh, yeah. on Black Friday because 
I mean, we don't go out. We usually lock the doors and pull the shades and try and, like, hunker down for Black Friday. <laughs> I'm um, taking you out with me to yeah, the mall this yeah, year. No. I want you to experience... No, no, I would... I would. <laughs> I want you to go and, like, bless everyone. <laughs> like, we're going to exercise the demon of avarice out Super of your Super soaker with holy water. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds hilarious, and, like, you guys would be arrested. Immediately. Yeah. Um, uh, no, but I... religious I, freedom. I think there's something to that in the sense that, you know... Christmas, well, in the Eastern tradition, there's Christmas, and then there's uh, the synaxis the mm. next day, right? Which is just really basically Christmas. Part two. Part two. In this case, it might be part three because Thanksgiving is part one. Um, <laughs> right. But you know, well, like like liturgically, heresy. liturgically, it's it's part two, um, and I think it's perfectly legitimate to say, look, we've got, you know, my family. Um, that is really necessary that they're bringing everybody together. Can we invite you guys over to the next day or, you know, whatever. And we can make it kind of a special thing because I think there is this kind of like post Christmas blues that does take place. And like, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but I wonder if that might not be helpful for some people as well. You know, that it, that it's, it's okay to delay things. It doesn't have to be exactly that way. I mean, Mount Tabor, Mount Tabor is having a theophany party instead of a Christmas party, right? And theophany is, is um, the baptism of the Lord. It's on the, um, January 6th, so we'll find some time in there. Um, but, like, it's not going to be around Christmas because nobody wants to have to put another darn thing on the calendar at that point. And so I, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to it's do okay that. It's okay to spread out the holidays. Um, when I was young, like, we would do one family. We would do my my family of origin and then we would do one side of the family the next day mm. and then the other side of the family even up to new year's sometimes great like, just spread it out it's fine great. the entire season is christmas that's that's important because here here like if our culture lived liturgically this problem and this problem would be avoided yes like the day after christmas christmas is over like, you got to get those lights down. You've got, like, 72 hours to get those lights down. Like, no, Christmas is a season mm-hmm. in the liturgical calendar. Yeah. It lasts 12 days, right? It's a well, 12 days well, after. Well, I mean, Slavic tradition is that it goes until the presentation on February 2nd. Well, that gets a little long. You know, um, the tree starts to wilt a little starts bit. Starts to wilt, but, but that would be the tradition. And I, I think, you know, I mean, well, let's just let's just say it here. In, in Eastern practice, and Roman practice doesn't quite follow this quite, but in Eastern practice you've got Christmas on the 25th, mm-hmm. Synaxis on the 26th, um, St. Uh, Stephen's on the 27th. Okay, I think it's the 26th in the Roman yep. calendar, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you've got um, on the, you've got the Sunday after, it's called the Sunday of the, um, of the Ancestors, which is actually a really big deal in the East. Mm-hmm. And then you've got on the 1st, it's the Feast of St. Basil. I think it's what, Solemnity of Mary? It's, yeah. Right. Mary, Mother of God. Mary, Mother of God. So, you know, that's... Which a, is a holy day of obligation in the Roman church. Right. St. Basil's it should be a holy day of obligation where you all go pray for Deacon Basil. But um, on, on the <laughs> his first... His soul needs it. His soul dearly needs it. But, um, it's going to be so confusing when there's two St. Basil's. Well, there'll be St. Basil the lesser, and then there'll be St. Basil the greater. Um, just like... Never mind. Okay, anyways. <laughs> right. It's like um, an attempt at humility. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Oh! <laughs> anyways... <laughs> Um, so you, you tie it around and say, okay, but then you also have the theophany, um, which is it's, epiphany in the Roman, right? Right. On the same day. Um, on the same day. But, um, but you know, these feasts are important and they drag, they drag things out, not in a fake way, 
but in a way that allows us to really appreciate things in a much and deeper savor way. savor them. Savor yeah, I'm totally. not ready for Christmas until practically the day after Christmas. I need right. all of Advent uh, to prepare. Don't push Christmas on me early. That's way too much. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the very reason why we have Advent. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're in the Byzantine Church Philip's Fast, which... Um, this deacon for our Sunday visitors at the Deacon Digest did a great article about Philip's fast. Um, nice. You could go check that out. Um, yeah. Anyways, is his is his name? Does his name happen to be uh, Reverend Father Deacon Basil Balky? Uh, it it does. But um, in he, that, I think it's really there. Reverend that, Father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Technically. Really? Yeah. The deacons in the East are always Father. Her Father Deacon. Really? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Feel it's weird for me. I've had people just refer to me as father, and it's uncomfortable. Taking advantage of by that by not knowing that I've been lied to. No. Well, you know, but I think the important thing here is that psychological and spiritual transitions take time. That's right. Just mm-hmm. like Philip's fast is forty days in the East. It's in the West. It's shorter, but still, it's it's not it's nothing. It's a period of time. of time, and that means that the feast should be a period of time. Nobody sits there and scoffs at Easter um, tide, Easter the Easter season, you know, as being a lengthy period of time because everyone's like, well, we did, we did, um, we did Lent, and so we should have a time of feasting. Well, it's the same thing it's with this feast. We, in the East, we call Christmas the um, Winter Pascha, the Winter Easter, if you will. It's the same structure cool. as Easter. I like that. And and uh, and here's another little life hack I came up with. If you if you want to both. Uh, accomplish the two goals of offsetting your Christmas party um, a, a, by about a week, uh, a week and a half, and also exercising your um, your uh, Catholic rights to be ecumenical and uh, reaching out to our um, our brethren from the East. You can have a Christmas party the first week of January and celebrate it with the Eastern Church. Absolutely. The Russians. The, the Russian Orthodox Church. The Russian Orthodox Church. Yeah, because they celebrate Christmas on the 7th of January. That's right. That's right. Um, they move everything. Long story. It's really so, cool. So, you know, but, yeah. have your Christmas party. as it, Have your Catholic Christmas party on January 7th. Be ecumenical. Invite your Russian friends. Your Russian friends, yeah. I think, yeah, so, just looking at the time, um, I think we also need to kind of swing around and just kind of talk about some practical things here. Sure. I think one of the most practical things that I've learned in personal life is to schedule things out. Like, yes. sit down with a calendar, and, you know, I sit there and text people about this time. Like, okay, what's the plan? What, you know? And not saying that I'm going to be at every little thing, mom or dad or, you know, grandma and grandpa. Not that I'm saying it's, that. It's okay to say but, no. But, but, it's let me... It's okay let, to say no. Right. But, let me have the information to be able to say no. Yeah. Exactly. So, if it's going to be a Christmas Eve thing, you know, a Christmas Eve dinner, well, I need to know what time it is so that I know whether I'm going to make it to church for that or if I need to make different plans because it, everything changes. So mm-hmm. schedule things out and sit down, you know, kind of in depth. Schedule things out. Yeah, I, I like that. I was just uh, in a bookstore earlier looking at this um, awesome book by a psychologist named Barry Schwartz. It's called The Paradox of Choice. And he talk, he, talk, he has these like, little, like, little uh, pithy kind of tips for like the average consumer who's overwhelmed by choice. And he says one of them is to be a chooser, not a picker. And um, choosing none of the above is a perfectly valid option. So, you know, like, like Deacon is saying, deliberate about your choices before you automatically pick one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I would even say, okay, like, rate some of them. 
You know, like, it's more important for me to go see grandma and grandpa in their 80s than it is for me to um, go and do, a, you know, go do something with my friends this year. Yeah, sure. Maybe next year it'll be different. But rate the kind of importance in that because then it'll set the rest of the tone for the rest of the time. No, and maybe you, maybe you indicate mid-January that you're going to go, you know, have your friends over for dinner or whatever. Totally. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Right, your, have your priorities in order. Priorities Remember right. what's truly important to you going into the holiday season. Like Deacon was saying, the traditions that have meaning are going to be the traditions you want to keep. Right. Um, uh, this is less of a tip and more of just a hopeful note. There's uh, every year around the holidays, there's uh, sort of like a, this infectious meme that spreads um, about how um, holidays are a time when suicide rates go up. And uh, just want to report to our listeners that none of the epidemiology research bears that out. Um, Mayo Clinic did a huge study. A lot of these, uh, there's some journals of public health that have done studies on this. And suicide rates are no higher during the holidays than any other time during the year. Although they can be painful for many people. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's exactly it, is that suicide is painful every year. Um, but a death, not every year, but in every situation, in suicide every, is painful. Yes. But... Um, having it in direct relationship to the holidays can be particularly painful. Sure. Um, I know death in general, we remember anniversaries of deaths. Yeah, we talked clearly. about that in our kind of a grief episode. Grief right. And loss. Um, one, one, one thing I would like to recommend is for, is for those who don't have a place to go or uh, who are far away from family is find some community. I mean, for, for the love of God, our parishes should be our, like, homes. And so if you, you find a way to get connected to people... Um, our, our church communities ought to be places where we can go to when we have nowhere else to go or when we just need some company. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've talked about that lack of community. You know, Deacon mentioned bowling alone and the loss of the village. And I think I've, I've prattled on about the, like, atomization of society and it's too individualistic, yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, for our listeners out there who, who are far away from family, find, find your substitute, find your family Find the, the people in your life who can be your community that you can spend family time with yes. in the holidays. Absolutely. And uh, part of that might be just go talk with your priest or deacon and say, look, I'm probably going to have to spend Thanksgiving alone. Do you know of any family that could... I mean, I am I'm not unique in the fact of being very like connected and knowing like, oh, okay... This family could invite someone over if we needed to send a parishioner. That would actually be a good fit, or you know, this, there you, you go. know, yeah. and especially in a Roman setting where you know your churches are bigger than our diocese, okay. um, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of those kind of things. And there's a lot of people in that situation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people in that situation, and that's it's it's a good thing to take ownership of your own psychological needs to then say, I need to find a community and I need to take steps to be able to find that for this specific holiday. It's a sign of strength and not weakness if you go to your pastor to ask them for help in finding people to spend the holidays with. Yeah, absolutely. And I seriously doubt anyone will ever be like, wow, well, you should figure that out on your own. I've never, well, I can't imagine. Well, that would be a huge red flag that maybe your, your <laughs> pastor and your church community might be a little toxic if they write you off when you seek help in right. a time of need. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think... I think that's really important to, to not just let the holidays wash over you, mm-hmm. but to really stand up and like walk through them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's one of the, you the kind of strong during yeah, this time. Yes. Holiday. Like Ukrainian woman. Um, like no. <laughs> Ukrainian grandmother. Um, 
And I think and that's... And Russian now. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, perhaps the key is to not look at this as a sort of victimization or, or I'm, I'm inferior or anything, mm-hmm. but rather I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to move through this. Right. Um, the holidays aren't something that happened to me. They are something that I live out. Yeah, I engage right. with, yeah. Right. I think the other side of this that um, just kind of came to me is, you know, maybe you're a more introverted person, mm. which is great, you know? It's a wonderful thing to be an introverted person. It is. I'm not, but, you know, if I, I, I you know, I've seen it. And I think in <laughs> that situation, <laughs> that really was worded weird. I've, like, um, I've, heard, they exist. I've, I've heard that they, I've, I've, I've seen I remember reading, specimens. I remember I'm reading, right here. reading a sign at the zoo about these people. Uh, no, no, no. no. Uh, it's okay to just go to a party for an hour. It is. It's totally okay to just go for the cocktail hour and not stay for dinner. Mm-hmm. Figure that out. It's okay sift that out a little bit. To sit on the couch alone for a holiday if you want to. I did that last year. What? Yeah, it was great. Oh. Well, you know, but I just wanted takes all kinds. If you need quiet, it's okay to seek quiet. If you need to step out of the party, it's okay to remove yourself and take some time to breathe. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's that's a really important insight that you you don't have to be there for the entire day. Yeah. If that's not where you're at. You know, we're running right up on time. Um, I think we've said a lot. I think know? we have. We've said a lot. I think the key beyond all of this is stand up, work through it. Don't let it just happen to you. Plan it out. Think about it. If there's anxiety or other kinds of things, you know, perhaps seek professional help for that you don't have to go to therapy for you know years and years and years you could do it for a couple of weeks and be like what's going on here kind of a short term a like short term thing that works perfectly yeah, well solution focused uh, solution focused thing walk in there if you walk into therapy in your first session and say i'm interested in solutions focused therapy for uh, <laughs> to get through for the holidays for a short term a uh, problem with the holidays the therapist i don't know what your responses would be but i'd be like yeah, okay be let's like do 100%. this let's awesome. do this be so concrete it'll blow yeah. your mind but I think, I think, you know, own it. Yeah. Own it. And, and you know, pray, pray through it and remember what's ultimately important. You know what I mean? I don't think the Lord Jesus uh, cares so much how, what our dinner plates and, uh, and cloth napkins are like uh, on the celebration of his, his birth. Right. Remember, he was born in a barn. Paper plates oh, are okay. Oh, shoot. He was born. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Paper plates are okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. All, right. All right. Well, you guys have a very holy holiday season. Yeah. See you next time on the Catholic Psyche. Bye.